Hello, Black Tribers. This is Lisa Black sitting across from Gary Black. Hey, hey. And we are going to dive into, what is it for? Ep- Number Episode four? Episode four. Of the heart. A journey into the heart. Oh, the heart surgery has been very painful. <laughs> it literally is heart surgery, you know what I mean? teaching this out at G42 for the last couple years, and this is completely different, by the way, a lot much deeper and much more detailed than what I've been teaching. It's literally, it has been like heart surgery, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it has. And I think that's how, I know the students felt that way and they they gave it that, but it was good. It ended, ended so well, but it's been um, hard for you. It's been a real journey. It has. I mean, uh, real time right now, I'm I'm feeling the senses of my heart and I'm trying to be live out of being self-aware instead of self-conscious um, and living from my heart instead of my mind, trying to control things or manipulate things. You know, we we uh, have basically lived in this liminal space for the past four and a half years since we moved to Spain, meaning we we don't know really what's next. We don't know how to do it. We don't know how to get there. If I knew, I know you wouldn't do this, but if I knew, I'd probably screw it up. So God doesn't let me. (laughs) And so he keeps us in this liminal space where we can't control anything. And we really have to trust him at a deeper level. Yeah. And it's, that is not an easy thing to do. It'll cost you a little something. It does. So you've used the words in the last couple of weeks, more than I've heard you in a while, um, that you feel raw. Yes. What do you mean when you say you feel raw? Well, you know, it's just, it's heart surgery. It's what you started with. It's, uh, uh, God is wrecking me and he is showing me, uh, I am an ordinary man and that I've had a hard heart. I've had a hidden heart. Uh, I've had a closed heart to you, to the family and, and just going to those places is very difficult because we don't like to feel our feelings right? because they're negative right. and we don't like to experience uh, our feelings because it's a negative, bad feeling when we do. And, but when we allow ourselves to do that and sit in those things, um, our hearts start to heal Yes, and we've got to get back. The whole point of this is to get back to a childlike heart. Yes. Children, when they're born, they're full of life. Like we talked about on the first couple, uh, series and it's, it's, We've got to get, that's why Jesus said, come to me like a little child. He wants us spontaneous and he wants us to live experiential and to live fully alive. Yes. And so, so yeah, I've been wrong. Um, And often we close our hearts to the ones we love the most because the ones we love the most have the most access to our heart, thus also having the power to hurt us the deepest. Yes. So we just kind of put these walls up and we close our heart. Right. Okay. And you've closed your heart some towards me, towards the kids, just because you've been our safe person and you've been that person that we can run to. Um, and sometimes we say really hard, mean things, not necessarily meaning them, but because you're that safe person for us, you've had to kind of absorb all of that. Yes. That was what moving to Spain was. I couldn't absorb one more thing. And so we moved to Spain so I could get a little actual physical space. So is that happening? Oh, yeah. The healing is happening for sure. My heart's wide open to the kids and my heart's wide open to you. I've I've uh, had to delve in with some friendships, people that have hurt me. And um, I just it's real easy for me just to close my heart to people outside the family and just not care. And yes. that's the only thing. And I would say that's what most people yeah. do, especially Christians. 
we've 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 learned this way of drawing boundaries because we've been hurt so we just cut people off and then we've learned this because we've been hurt in our hearts from friendships and it's usually Jesus calls the enemy the accuser of the brethren right because it's usually our brothers and sisters that accuse us the most and right. that's what hurts the most and then we close our heart to them yeah. And then God's saying what? He's saying, hey, I want you to open your heart back up. Yeah. You don't have to invite them into the space they were before, maybe, but you do have to love them from a pure heart. Right. And that's the point. But we don't have to take back uh, negative uh, feedback or negative words from strangers that are not invested. You know, I think about comments that are written sometimes on blogs and things. It always fascinates me when I hear an amazing teaching from someone and all you have to do is scroll down and someone's just tearing them apart for what they wore or how they look or what they ever. And I thought, I don't think I'm going to even open those doors. Right. I think that just would, <laughs> that would just make your heart want, your heart want to be hard to the world. Well, when Brene Brown talks about that and her husband says, do not don't go look, look at the comments. And then she does. And yeah. she goes into it her cave and eats ice cream for a few days. It does. It messes us up. And and so what this this series has done for me and what me studying this stuff, it is allowing my heart to be healed even in those times. Yes. That those times aren't affecting me as deeply as you they used say, to. You can say, hey, bless you and move on. I can. Let it go. Or I can it. speak the truth in love and say, you're not allowed to say that. Right. That really hits my my spirit or my heart wrong. Right. And so will you back that up and restate that? And if they don't want to, that's fine. But I'm I'm learning to become much more honest. Okay. You know, I've been, I've, I've, I'm known as an exaggerator. I've been known as a liar in my life because I just wanted people to like me mm. and realizing where that has come come from and just being honest about that and saying, man, I just lied to you. And yeah. I just exaggerated that and not being afraid to do that of what people will think, wow. but being wide open to say, that's, that's the very thing that's going to heal my heart. That's true. So last, last podcast, we, we were talking about our hearts were getting healed uh, and the main areas of our personalities getting healed when our emotions are restored and when our will is restored and when our thinking is restored. Wow. And so God wants to do that triune thing of our emotions, our will and our thinking okay. through the heart. And for most of us as Christians, we talked about our sets of beliefs are in the mind. It's a theological statement or a doctrinal position mm-hmm. instead of an experiential life through the heart. We're going to really get into that, man. I, I've just been finishing this. And on our last couple of episodes of this, man, he, we go deep into how do we experience, really experience Jesus in a moment-to-moment basis. Wow. And we'll talk about that. We talked about um, the Pharisees and Sadducees and how... Uh, he told them, he said, look, man, you you keep hearing, but you don't understand. You keep seeing, but you don't perceive. Look, it, when we walk in a religious heart, we don't hear mm-hmm. truth. We don't hear life. Mm-hmm. We hear negative. We get judgmental. We get bitter. And we know a lot of people that are in that space. And then the last part of, of the last episode was just training our senses. I love Hebrews 514. It says, but solid food is for the mature who, because of practice, have their senses trained to discern good and evil. We have to learn to to train our senses. It's when Jesus, when the the woman that was hemorrhaging touched him, but just touched his cloak, not his body. He knew immediately the power had left because he trained his senses to be aware of everything Everything going on around around him. him. The way that we smell, the way that we touch, the way that we live. And I'll give you some exercises to be able to do that. And so, Which has to be the biggest struggle of our current society is to be present in the place that we are with the people that we are. And that was, we watched the, um, 
we try to take Sundays just to chill and spend time together and laugh and, and you know. Debauchery Sundays. Debauchery. Amen. No, no, you can't say that. <laughs> you got to edit that part out because people are not going <laughs> to. We watch movies. Uh, yeah, that's debauchery. But um, we watched Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood oh and we cried gosh. and cried and cried. And I, he was so ahead of his time. I mean, he really was describing what we're trying to teach. And he said, do you know what the most important thing I'm doing right now? I'm talking to Gary Black. Come on. And he was present in that moment. That was the most important thing to him. And no one's really present right now. Like we are distracted all the time. All the time. Phones. Their phones, their their screens, just music in there. I mean, I was guilty of that for years. I had to have music constantly in my ears, especially after I'd lost my first husband. And I couldn't hear anything but the music. And it was so intense that it literally became my God. It was my go-to. It was my yes. drug. And I had to give up all music for about five years. You did. I did. You gave it up too. And now it's back and it's balanced and it's good. But I just loved it. But it was distracting me from hearing anything else. Well, children. and we put our kids in front of a screen to yeah. keep them quiet at, yeah. two, at one year old and two year old and three year old. So we're trained. We've trained a generation. Yes. So, so, but let me say this because you said it. I said it. If you want to know how to live and be a heart person and 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 get everything I'm telling you, go watch Mr. Mr. Rogers. Rogers. <laughs> the man was ahead of his time and he lived from his whole heart. Yeah, he did. And it's powerful. Yeah, he did. <laughs> All right. We're gonna, today we're going to talk about how we have to trust our hearts. And this is difficult because we might say, yeah, I trust my heart. But I can tell you that people, as people, we do not trust our hearts because we've been told our whole lives, don't trust your feelings, don't trust your heart. And God actually speaks to us through our hearts. And so because our hearts are washed by the blood of Jesus and because Jesus imparts in our hearts, soul and spirit, his very own righteousness, we can therefore trust. Wow our hearts. So what does it mean? What does it mean to trust our whole hearts? Basically, let me just give you kind of a rough thing. It means we can believe and rely with our hearts, what our hearts are telling us. Our feelings are valid. We don't trust our feelings because we are simply talked out of what we feel. But if we are trusting our hearts and we say, I'm feeling sad, Mm -hmm. then we are really feeling sad. We trust that our heart is representing reality to us. So for me, if I'm feeling jealous, I just want to say that. Like, I just say it out loud. I'm feeling jealous. That's what my heart is feeling. And it's okay to have that feeling. What, what, what's the situation where you would feel jealous? Well, if I'm seeing like great, great example, and this is just me being very vulnerable. I'm watching this end. You know, it was the call which we started. (laughs) I was the chairman of the board and now they're in Brazil and they've got four stadiums full. You want to be in the middle of of 150,000 people. (laughs) You can pay me to go. And I can't imagine the energy and the buzz Uh, that would come. I know we're we're two different people. We're so different. But I was jealous. Yeah. But when I looked at it. I said, you're jealous, Black, out loud and own that. Own the jealousy. Be an ordinary guy. Be normal and say, this is how I'm feeling. When I'm angry now, I'm like, oh. I'm angry. I'm going to go on a walk. This is huge for our marriage. Usually, <laughs> no matter what bothers you, upsets you, or hurts you, you act exactly the same way. And I can never tell. Yes. You just shut down and you kind of pull away. And so this is huge for you. Well, and, and it's true. 
Here, here's the the cool part is that it's just true. Yeah. And when we acknowledge that we're living fully self-aware, remember, not self-conscious of what everybody thinks or even what I think, right. but fully aware of what my heart is feeling in the moment. And then I can just say it to the person I'm with yeah. and not care what their reaction is yeah. and be really vulnerably honest. I've never been, I've never done that. Yes. And so it's just really bringing healing to my heart. I'm excited for our future. <laughs> Most of us don't believe that we can trust our feelings and trust our heart. There's a, a really cool story that uh, John Smelter, and as you guys know, a lot of it, he's a clinical psychologist. He's got his master's in theology. He could have taken over the vineyard churches. Brilliant, brilliant man. Uh, counseled thousands and thousands of people in what we're talking about. And he saw seen so many people be healed. But he tells a story uh, about this woman and she's feeling dark and dirty feelings about her husband. Mm. And she asked him and, and he said, he said he kept telling her nothing was wrong. So every time she'd see her husband, she'd get this dark and dirty feeling Ooh. about her husband. And so she would ask him and every time he said, there's nothing wrong. What are you talking about? Then she discovered that her husband was having a, an affair for a year. Her heart was telling her something that was true and she kept denying it Wow! and kept pushing it down so she didn't have to feel it. That's a bad thing to realize. When we trust our hearts, there are many elements we learn to trust. And we're, I'm just going to give you five. OK, number one, we learn to trust the wants and desires of our hearts. Mm. It can feel self-centered and it can cause guilt and even fear in most. But Psalm 37 says this, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires or wants of your heart. Hmm. And Martin Luther said it. I love it. We say it all the time out here. Love God and do what you want. Yes. If you're loving God and you're trusting this experience with him, you can literally go do anything you want. Now, if you're an immature Christian and you say, I can love God and do whatever I want, I can live however I want. It doesn't work that way. Right. When I'm living an experiential life moment by moment with Jesus in my heart and I'm aware of my senses, I've trained my senses, my touch, my feel, my smell to, to be to, to follow what God's doing, to follow what Jesus is doing. I can love him and do anything that I want. And we must learn to trust the wants and desires of our hearts. Mm -hmm. Moses in the Old Testament says after a great feast, you can spend this money on whatever your heart desires. You want oxen, you want sheep, you want wine, you can have it all. Our consciousness is not our guide. We have to learn to ignore our conscious and listen to the word of God mm -hmm. and the spirit in our hearts. Powerful. Powerful. It's hard. Because, again, we've been told our whole lives not to. Acts 10 is awesome. Peter, remember, he's up on the housetop and he gets the vision of the three sheets coming down. And um, and God says to him, rise up, Peter. And Peter says, no, God, I've never eaten anything unclean. Hmm. Remember, he's talking to him. He's like, because the, the, the law then was you didn't eat unclean things. Right. And then Jesus is showing me, listen, I've given them. I can give you everything. Right. You can eat anything you want. And then there's a knock at the door and there's three men standing there. Interesting. If you go deep into this, the three men represent the three sheets. Um, but these men had come from the general in the army named Cornelius. And Cornelius had a vision and an angel came to him and said, go find Peter because he has a message for you. So Peter gets to the house and he was freaking out because all of a sudden the Gentiles and all these people can have Jesus and Holy Spirit just like 
the Jews had, and they can eat anything and do anything they want. So he lays hands on them and release, releases Holy Spirit. So the, the point is, is that when we live experientially from our hearts, mm. we can actually have all of that God wants. Because he says he puts the desires and the wants of, of his, him for us in our hearts. Yes. Amen. So when sometimes when people say, love God, do what you want, someone's like, oh, I can go do whatever I want. And they're missing the point. Yeah. If the love God comes first. <laughs> so you're not going to love God and go, you know, be a sex trafficker. I mean, it's just not going to match up. Well, of course. Right. Yeah. But a lot of times when people hear, do what you want. I'm like, oh, I can do anything what I, I right. want. I can be a slob. I can be a. Yeah. The point is, is that if I'm living an experiential Christian life, Jesus is always living through my heart moment to moment. I'm doing what he wants anyway. Because I train my senses to know what he's doing. And that therefore I can do whatever I want because I'm following the father. Like Jesus said, I do whatever my father's doing. I don't do anything else. Which I hope takes a ton of pressure off people that are just, you know, kind of sitting underneath all the condemnation and the shame and the, the, the confusion of what that all looks like. Yeah, that's right. The second one is we learn how to distinguish our hearts from our flesh. Romans 8, 12 says this. So then, brethren, we are under obligation not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. Right there in that scripture, flesh equals the body. The hearts have wants and desires, not your your flesh is in your sin, right? That sin's place in us, our limitations that wants the wrong things. Paul says, I, I'm always doing what I don't want to do. Mm-hmm. And then I did my, I'm not doing what I do want to do, but oh my gosh, thanks for Holy Spirit, right? Living right. in my heart. So there's this, this, it distinct, the heart distinguishes what our flesh desires. Okay. Love God, do what I want. That means I can go be a sex trafficker. No, but the, my heart says, no, you're going to follow Jesus and doing what his does. Right. It becomes pure. We talked about that in the second podcast that Hebrews made our hearts pure. The New Testament, Jesus's blood, the blood of Jesus made our hearts pure. We are pure people and we can live from that space. We need to learn how to trust the desires of our hearts. Secondly, we need to learn to trust the waiting of our hearts. Now, I want you to get this. This is a tough one. I'm, I'm, I'm sitting in this one right now. We must learn to trust the waiting of our hearts. Mm-hmm. Most of us that live in the mind We always want to find the answer. We must know what it is, whatever it is. We tend to be tense and nervous until a solution is obtained and the proper information is acquired in our mind, right? So the whole generation, all of our G42 kids, they come, they're all locked in their brains. They all wake up at we call those wolf hours at 4 a.m. in the morning and your brain starts going and you're having all these horrible thoughts. Yeah, they're usually generally not positive thoughts when you wake up at 4 a.m. They're not positive. That's why they call it the wolf hour. And you're trying to and then you're trying to control your everything that's happening in your life from your mind. Mm -hmm. And so you're obsessing all the time in your head. And we see this over and over and over with everybody, but especially in this generation. And the ability of the whole heart is to wait. To wait is not experienced. So because we're obsessing in our minds, we're, we don't, we have not learned the patience in our heart to wait for the Lord. Mm. I'm going to show you the scripturally. It's really powerful. God has built a waiting, a waiting in the heart that is part of our hearts. It empowers the heart. It preserves the body. It slows our racing mind. It relaxes the muscle. And most of all, it deepens and enriches our relationship to Jesus if we listen to the waiting of the heart. Let me give you the scripture. And you all know this scripture. We should have it memorized. There's a whole bunch of them, but this is the, the most common one. Isaiah 40, 31. They who wait upon the Lord 
shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. weary. They walk and not faint because why they wait. Mm. So what God has built in our hearts is the ability to get out of our head, out of our mind, obsessing over controlling negativity, all the things get into our hearts and wait on the Lord. Because those that wait on the Lord, what happens? He renews their strength. You can't renew your strength out of your head. So if you're if your spirit's low, if you're feeling down, if you're feeling negative, if you're where are you, God? Why this, God? We always got to re- remove ourselves from please, God, will you do this to thank you, God? It's yeah. done. Right. Number one. Then number two, we have to learn how to wait on him in our hearts and not try to fix everything. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. And so what we see these kids do a lot, they're trying to fix their problems. They're trying to fix their addictions from the outside pornography to um, their eating disorders to all the things that we all struggle with. Right. They're trying to fix them from their mind and it never works. But when we wait on the Lord in our hearts, he renews our strength. Seeking first the kingdom of God. And all these things shall be added unto you. And they will. Right. Right. The word wait has three meanings. Let me give them to you to wait for him. Wait for God to act, not you. Hmm. So you got to wait on God to do it instead of you doing it yourself. Number two, to wait upon him or to serve him. And number three is to seek him. So that's what the word wait means. It means to wait for him, not act. It means to wait upon him and serve him. And it means to seek him. Lamentations 325, Jeremiah writes and says this, the Lord is good to those that wait for him. To the person that seeks him, it is good that he waits silently for the salvation of the Lord. So good. It's so good to wait. And it's hard to wait. What have you done to wait on the Lord in your heart recently? Recently? Yeah. I have been waiting for um, years to approach our oldest son, Tyler, with just the repentance in my heart for things that happened when he was a little boy and things I didn't understand, things he was going through. And um, I think it was almost a 20-year wait wow. for the actual breakthrough. But it, every time I go to the Lord and ask him, is this the time? And it's always time to say you're sorry, but just to really um, wait for his heart to be ready to connect to mine. Didn't happen until New Year's Eve. This last yeah, New, yeah. New Year's Eve. Yeah, this New Year's Eve. It was like, it was a really amazing breakthrough and it was... I was waiting for his heart to open up to mine enough for him to accept my apologies and mm. to connect with my heart again. And so, um, and he was, he was obvious, you know, he's protecting himself in that. And um, that was right. That was what he needed to do during that time. But it was a waiting process for me. 20 years, 20 years. And when it happened, I was watching you guys and you were just face to face, head to head, armed, arm, Sobbing. weeping and weeping. And uh, and then the next day we got in the van to keep driving and you just sobbed most of the day. Well, yeah, because you when you pray and you wait for something and then you're always asking the Lord, is today the day? It's today because you want that to happen. You want that to be something you can say, OK, I don't have to carry that anymore. I don't have to worry about that anymore. I don't have to like stress about that anymore. And it was a big stress on my life that I just always, I missed him. I missed that connection I had with him when he was a little boy. And I was so hungry to get back to that, that I wanted to do anything I could do. And there was nothing I could do. I, I love it because it, what I always think of when you say that is we're, we used to go camping all the time just yeah. to get away from the chaos of what we were going through, fighting for the custody of the three boys, yeah. which thank God we got after three years. But 
we were playing in the mud at a beach uh, with our boat down at, uh, what's the reservoir we'd go we to? Go, it was John Martin Reservoir. John Martin Reservoir. And mud fight with the boys. And we'd camp on the beach. And it was just miles of beach. And it was awesome. You're having a big mud fight. And in the middle of the mud fight, Tyler says... I'm going to get you mommy or something like that. Yeah. And it's the first time he called you mommy. Yeah. And the girls look, the boys look. Everybody like, froze for a minute. It's like we all froze in time. And, and our hearts connected at that minute because there was trust there and there was, but you know, life happened and things happened and I made a lot of mistakes. And, um, it was, it, that was one of the longest waiting aches that my heart has probably ever carried in my life. Wow. And it's, is, you feel like it's healed? Oh, it's, I mean, I'm still a little paranoid that something's going to happen. <laughs> You're always waiting for the other person. I'm always, I yes. do tend to, I have to fight my negative thoughts, but I am just grateful. Well, out of that, Tyler went to a thing last weekend, a secular thing it was awesome. And he got completely transformed yeah. and is really excited about yeah. it. And so there's transformation happening all around us as our hearts are getting more and more healed. Yeah. And so. in, in the waiting, what we have to do is keep asking the Lord, like, is this the time to bring this up? Is this the time? I do that with you all the time. Right. Like there's something I feel like I need to bring to you. And most of the time he says, not now, not now, not now, not now. Yeah. And then sometimes you'll just get it on your own through your own life experience. I'm like, well, that's much better. Or you'll have a friend that you really trust. that will say something. Yeah. You're like, oh, wow, I didn't realize I was doing that. And and then we've had. Guess what? Work. I do the same thing for you, too. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about that for a minute. How do we wait in our hearts, on our hearts? OK, our minds get wrapped up in what we're going to say next. How we can fix the person we are talking to. I, I, I always say this to people now, and I'm saying honestly, when I'm sitting with somebody who's thinking about the next thing they're going to say instead of listening to what I'm saying, yeah, I always I stop the conversation because it's a waste of conversation. If I'm talking to you and all I'm thinking about is what I'm going to say next instead of really listening to you, being in the now, being fully aware of Lisa's emotions and what she's trying to communicate, the whole conversation is for naught. That makes sense. Yeah. So how, if we if we're thinking about how we can fix the person we're talking to, how to analyze and conclude with our minds, we need to stop the conversation instead of analyzing him or her. Sit and wait as you experience yourself and the person. Mm -hmm. It will slow your mind down, your thoughts and your solutions not diagnosing, not fixing. You are literally waiting on God to drop understanding in your heart about the person you're talking to, or you are waiting in your heart to experience the other person. Now, wouldn't that make a huge difference in your conversations? Yeah, the person you were sitting there was literally listening so intently and so aware of your senses and your emotions that they were just waiting for the father to drop into their hearts right. what you're feeling. That would change every Everything. single conversation that you have. Yeah. Think about our children. If they would have felt that close to us in their conversations, we're always trying to fix our kids, yeah. <laughs> especially as they're older. Yes. Now we're especially trying to yeah. fix them in their late 20s instead of just really experiencing them and listening to listening. them and not trying to tell them any advice, but just to love them really well. Or right getting where defensive they are. or taking things personally and just like opening your heart and listening. If you don't have kids in their late 20s, <laughs> you, you, you can't even talk to me. great life it's, is. Wow. And, and you just get to do that. You yeah. just get to listen. And it'll, it'll always happen. A thought so accurate, it will start, startle you. But it will fall into your heart, not your head. Mm -hmm. Right? Un unwield, unwield by you and not produced by your searching mind, but a thought that my mind recognizes as true truth. 
When we find that, we know and we understand and our hearts trust. And I'm doing this all the time with the interns right now. I literally will listen intently. I'll, I want to experience what they're feeling and what they're trying to communicate to me. And then all of a sudden I have this brilliant thought and it's, it's not my head. It's dropped into my heart and it changes them. It all, they all of a sudden yeah. they go, oh my gosh, exactly. I've never yeah. thought of it that yeah. way. And really our jobs as an older generation is just to give perspective, exactly. but we don't want to give logic perspective. And sometimes you want, obviously there's logical things that we do with our right. kids, but if we're giving them heart transformed perspective, it will transform their life. Exactly. We don't need more revival. We don't need more reformation. We need more transformation. And the only way transformation comes is through our hearts. And to relationships. Jeez, that's a good quote right Human there. Human relationship. Waiting is never easy. It feels passive. It's not proactive. <laughs> it tries our patience. Sometimes it feels awkward and a bit uncomfortable. Anxiety can trigger just because we are waiting and we don't know how to. There's many times in class where I'll just sit and not say a word and I'm just waiting for the father to walk in the I room. I know. I love that about you. <laughs> But personally, when I'm when I'm teaching, I'm so uncomfortable with that. I feel like I'm supposed to be doing something. Right. You know, and the silence is so loud. Oh, it is deafening. <laughs> yeah. But I love it. I love it when you do it. And I love the way that you lead it. And I love what you're teaching them. I just I'm not there yet. We live such a rushed and compulsive life that waiting in the heart seems intolerable. We must have an answer. We must have a solution. We must have to know. We must understand. And we must get the job done. Mm. Right? I can hear my father in my ear. <laughs> we must do something so we learn, but we do not learn to wait. Mm. So if we are trusting our hearts, we learn to trust our wants, and we, lead, and we need to learn to trust our waiting. And let me give you the third one here, and we'll, and we'll wrap up a little bit. But three, we must learn to trust the risks that our heart is willing to take. Mm. Okay, now this is huge. There's two things that keep our hearts wide open. First is confession. So when I get any kind of feeling in my heart, jealousy, anger, spite, uh, judgmental, whatever that feeling is, I immediately confess it. Father, I'm feeling judgmental right now towards this person. We, Andrew and I just talked about this yesterday. We saw some people and immediately we both got judgmental. <laughs> and then we both called each other on it and said, oh, my gosh. But we confessed it. And that keeps our hearts open. And the second thing that keeps our heart open is risk. Now, what's, why was risk so hard? Because our hearts have been so damaged. Yes. We've risked so many times. Yes. And people just keep coming back and hammering our hearts yep. that it's very difficult to get to a place of risk again. But it is the only way that we can keep our heart open. The one. number one rule of the heart is risk taking. I mean, in order to risk, you have to have hope. And... Having hope is scary Oof. if your hope has been dashed. Yes. So it is the scariest thing to do. It is. And, and, but if we're living moment by moment, we're training our senses, right. we're experientially, we're experiencing Jesus all the time, then that risk is much less because we know he's going to take care of us. But, and ultimately what other people do is not where our peace comes from. Right. If, I, if we were That's banking good, on yeah. that, we'd be in big trouble because yes. people have free will and they can do whatever they want. That's right. And no matter how much you love someone or honest with someone or practice all this in your own life, they can still do whatever they want. And then we have to come to a place where we're not going to let that take us out. Right. And, and we don't. We yeah. can literally rise above that. And we'll talk about that, too. If we truly live in the whole heart, then what the heart does is it takes risks. 
And if we take risks, it gets us out of the mind of the heart that has been tyrannical. So the mind, our mind is obsessive and it's always tyrannical. But if we're taking risks and we're going past our fear, then all of a sudden we're finding out that fear was nothing. And we want to take more risks because we're feeling the healing come. What was the quote we heard yesterday? We were like, oh, we got to write that down. He said, fear is a liar. It activates the enemy. Yes. Oof. That was a good one. <laughs> I don't have any tattoos, but I might get that. Ah, I want that one and you're one other, but we'll talk about I'm that later. Here. Proverbs 3, 5 says this, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Now, what does that mean? Because this is this drives people crazy, especially head people, <laughs> right? If we lean to our understanding, we will not take risks. So if we lean towards, I already know this, there's no risk taking. If we lean towards our hearts and we lean towards that, I'm only going to know from my heart that I'm going to have to take a risk to trust. Mm. So we always are taking risks when we don't lean on our own understanding. When we take risks, we stop learning, leaning on everything we think we know. If we take risks, those risks get us into insecurity where we must trust our hearts and Jesus in our hearts. It gets us out of having to know everything before we risk. It gets us into speed responses. The mind is too slow. The heart is fast. So when we learn how to take risks, it speeds up our responses because we're trusting our heart more and more. And we're trusting that if I'm going to take the risk, Jesus is going to come in and answer this thing. It speeds everything up and we get completely out of our heads. Have you ever tried dancing when you think about every step? (laughs) it's awkward to do that right the mind can't think fast enough to keep up and i promise you my mind no it's everyone i promise you if you get into your heart your heart responds fast enough to move with your body we're out here in spain you watch these spanish dancers they're moving they are moving and it's gorgeous and beautiful and lustful and all the things of life right well it is it's just (laughs) out of control but it's all from their heart yeah it's not they're not thinking about that next move they're letting their hearts take them into that risk and then they get to learn and trust taken away with it and it flows it's beautiful when we watch a person person dance really good we say wow they are dancing with the soul What we really mean is, boy, they are dancing with the heart because the heart moves the body. And when we take risks, we get into the heart and we have a speed response that the mind can't possibly have. Risk can be simple. Let's let's just break this down and we're going to close. Risk can be very simple. Let me give you a few things to do. That phone call to mom and dad just to say, hello, I love you. I forgive you. Right. That phone call to that boyfriend or girlfriend to that sister. All those phone calls that we're afraid to make, we take a risk and make those calls and we find freedom on the other side of that. That apology given to the person that we've hurt. We know we've hurt people. I know I said it on the last podcast. I hurt a lot of people in ministry through the years and I'm taking it methodically when one of them reaches out and I've not thought about them or not known what I did to their hearts. I immediately take responsibility and repent mm-hmm. because all I know is going to bring healing to me and healing to them. But you went through a season where people were brought to your mind and you reached out to every one of them. I did. And Seth Barnes helped me do that. Yeah. He kind of held my feet to the fire and I just said he has a way of doing that. I just went to everyone and took those hooks off the wall and just repented, even to those I didn't really, maybe I wasn't as wrong as they were in the relationship, right. but I still needed to take responsibility yeah, for your because it had nothing to do yeah. with what they did to me. It had me to release them and to get my heart clean towards them. Taking a risk can be the reestablishment of that relationship that's been broken. 
a confession of sin or an agreement. Risk-taking doesn't have to be huge. It just means we have to take risks and we have to trust those risks in our hearts. And the last two, number four, we have to trust our inner knowing, our gut feeling. God designed us to live this way. The heart knows the mind of the heart reasons. The heart has reasons that reasons not do, knows not of, Pascal says, right? So the heart has reasons that reasons knows not of. So we learn to trust the knowing in our hearts without reasoning about it. If we know something in our hearts and we truly know the heart's knowledge, the heart does not give us reason. We simply say, how do I know I'm supposed to do this? You just know in your heart. What are the reasons for that? I don't have any. I just know. And if we're living in our hearts, we trust that knowing. I just had a conversation. One of our young guys here, he could have taken this huge job. He just had babies. It means he was going to have to travel. It means he was going to be gone for months at a time. It was big money. It was his career, which five years ago would have been all he wanted. And he literally said, my heart knew not to take it. Mm -hmm. My mind said, take it. Everything, my bank account said, take it. Everything said, take it. And he said, I just knew in my heart I wasn't to take it. And he didn't. And he said no to it. And I was really proud of him. That's how we get to learn our hearts. And so, so lastly, and we're going to move into part, the man, the next part of this stuff is so powerful. I'm so excited about this. Uh, Number five, we not only learn to trust our desires, our waiting, and trust our inner knowing, and trust the risks of our heart, we have to learn to trust our heart's needs. Feeling needy feels embarrassing, scary, weak, less than. Most of us don't like that we have needs. It feels like we impose on others and we don't want to. This is really you, babe. You feel like if you, when you have a need, you're going to impose on somebody else. You yeah, don't I say it. I do not like to ask right? for help. This is huge. It's our parents. Yeah. It's all the people we know in their 60s, 70s, yeah, days. They, they don't like, like to ask. They don't want anybody they to think they're needed. They don't even know that they're struggling right. with anything. We would rather trust ourselves than to trust ourselves upon another person. And so we don't like to feel needy. But the truth is, if we accept who we really are, ordinary human beings, then we are needy. We have to accept the fact that we have needs and we have to trust our needs when they tell us that we are now needy, right? Yes. Trusting our needs humbles us. Trusting our heart's needs humbles us. It makes us feel our humanity, which some of us are really reluctant to feel. Right. One of the toughest things for men, I think, especially we don't want to feel our humanity. Mm. We don't want to feel our limitations. I'm going to go through some of these in a bit, but we don't want to feel that we have to be needy for people. But guess what? God created us in community to live in community and to to actually rely on other people. Right. And we can't cut everybody out and live out of our whole heart. It doesn't work. Living in the heart then means we learn to live in every power and capacity that we have. It means that we're willing to live a Christianity that is experiential. And it means that we are willing to learn to trust our feelings, our desires, our wanting, our waiting, our inner knowing, and our neediness. Mm. And this is the last part. To get started, we need to pray these things. So I want you to pray with us. I've been doing this. I've been practicing these prayers. So you get to pray with me, sweetheart. Okay. And we we go slowly. We say, Lord, I've hidden from my feelings. Strengthen me to have those feelings back in my heart and give me the courage to let myself feel them again. 
Lord, I confess I have not lived an experiential Christian life. I have been filled in my mind with doctrine and not my experience. Lord, I confess I have not trusted my heart. I believe that it is evil and untrustworthy. I confess and I repent. Teach me to trust my feelings, my inner knowing, my waiting, my neediness, and the risks that my heart wants to take. Mm. Amen. Amen. I want you to practice that prayer. Write it down. Can we put that on our website? Yeah, we'll put it out there. I'll put it actually on the, uh, as we post it. Uh, and now look, guys, you can get these podcasts on our Patreon site for free. I post them there. Uh, we're on um, SoundCloud and now we're on iTunes. So these are all on iTunes. So you can get them in any of those three areas. And I'll make sure on all th- all those that uh, we write that prayer down. What are so we that on you have iTunes? It. Black Tribe? Black Tribe. Yeah, all of those. Okay. Black Tribe, Gary and Lisa Black on all three. And our Patreon site's there. Just so, you know, people can give a buck a month. They can give five bucks a month. They get exclusive content. Your, your video is going to be coming out this Wednesday. Uh, on on what women and what are you calling it? The call for women. The call for women. It's exclusive just for our Patreon users. So make sure and go sign up for that if you like it. Hey, any questions you have about this stuff, keep writing them down. And I got so, I have so many messages and emails from one the first podcast one. Podcast just answering questions. Yeah, we're going to. When we answer one person's questions, it's going to answer a lot. Of and we want to do that. We we're, If you'll send us your questions, we'll answer them on our podcast live and mention you. If you don't want us to mention you, let us know that but we'll mention that you asked us the question and then from the best we can from our hearts we'll answer those so next podcast uh, number five in the series we're going to talk why our christian christianity doesn't work why our christianity that we've been taught our whole lives hanging on that well we it's part of the deal isn't it we do any last thoughts babe on all that we've been talking that's amazing thank you so much for studying all this and sharing with us i feel like this is uh, a great place to start the next season of our life (laughs) <laughs> feeling our feelings and dealing with our stuff and and then actually sensing open. one another's oh no feelings and get... living experientially through one another sweet we're gonna talk about how you can do that really with friends too spirit to spirit yeah because our spirit experiences our, our heart knows and so good stuff good job babe father in jesus name we just released an anointing and god as we prayed that prayer would you just settle in our hearts that we can trust them and that we are needy that we do need to take risks that we can know in our inner self that you are good and that through us we are good in jesus name amen god bless you guys see you next time